It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Carolina Panthers interim head coach Chris Tabor said the Panthers' loss in Tampa wasn't the same old story. Do you agree with that? We'll break down the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Panthers' latest loss at Tampa right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. The Carolina Panthers are now 1-11 and on the season as five weeks remain here, uh, here in the 2023 NFL regular season. And thankfully, there are only five more weeks as we have endured a uh, very long, trying, arduous season as the Carolina Panthers fired Frank Reich a week ago. And, well, it was still the same old story on Sunday afternoon. But Chris Tabor, the interim head coach, does not believe that was the case. We'll talk more about what he had to say on Monday after looking at the film of the Carolina Panthers' 21-18 loss against the Buccaneers. But I figured, why not go ahead and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Panthers' latest loss down there in Tampa Bay. As Panthers are now 1-11 on the season and 0-3 in the division as they head down to New Orleans on Sunday afternoon. But starting off with the good, got to get to the positives. Chuba Hubbard had one of his best days ever as a Carolina Panther, but absolutely his best day so far as a lead running back for the Panthers this season and the best rushing day by a Panthers running back all season long, the first time since the Detroit Lions game back on Christmas Eve a year ago that the Carolina Panthers had a running back go over 100 yards rushing. You'll recall that day the Panthers had the most rushing yards in franchise history, the most yards total in franchise history in the game and in the first half and that blowout of the Detroit Lions that really got people believing, oh man, is this possible the Panthers could win the division? Unfortunately, that was not the case, but Chuba Hubbard carried the ball 25 times on Sunday for 104 yards. He became the first 100-yard rusher of the season. Season, of course, here in Carolina, and he's the second all season long against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Now, the fact that Levante David didn't play 
and that Devin White wasn't out there and the Bucks were down to their fourth and fifth string linebackers and had to have a safety certainly helped but I give a lot of credit to that offensive line having to start Nash Jensen first time in his career starting there at guard along with Just McCray who was called up from the practice squad having those two guys start in the interior and be able to team up with Bradley Bozeman with Icky Kwanu and Taylor Moten to pave the way for 133 yards on the ground collectively 104 yards from Chuba Hubbard who was outstanding in that game on Sunday afternoon. Another thing I'm looking at as a positive, Jonathan Mingo. Now, I haven't been the biggest Jonathan Mingo fan from the day he was drafted. Uh, It didn't really stand out to me at Ole Miss, uh, especially when you look at some of the previous receivers that have come from that program down there led by Lane Kiff. And you look at what DK Metcalf did at Ole Miss, what he's done so far in the NFL, what A.J. Brown did at Ole Miss, what so far he's done uh, in the NFL, even Elijah Moore. Jonathan Mingo was not on the same level of any of those guys uh, back in college. But just because you didn't produce at a high level in college does not mean you can't at the NFL level, but over the last couple of weeks, he's he's kind of come along. I look like I look out on Sunday, uh, six receptions uh, on ten targets for sixty nine yards versus Tampa Bay. He had uh, four receptions on six targets uh, for sixty yards the week before uh, versus Tennessee. So back to back games over sixty yards receiving for Jonathan Mingo. You look at the game as well, just looking at snap counts. He played 69 of the 72 offensive snaps. That was the most among wide receivers uh, on the day, far more than DJ Chark and Michael Strawn, more than Adam Thielen, who's been the most consistent receiver for the Panthers all season long. And I still see the problems of Jonathan Mingo. Doesn't get great separation, has too many drops. Overall, doesn't really help uh, his quarterback out. And the controversial drop, I I don't know whether that was a catch or not, but still, you got to be able to come down with that ball and securely have it and make sure that that, there's no controversy at all uh, but Mingo hasn't always helped his quarterback go back last week kind of runs a ball and that's been kind of an issue but he's still a young guy trying to find his way uh, but good to see the last two weeks as far as numbers go Jonathan Mingo able to put up 60 plus receiving yards so showing some sort of progression we have not seen a lot of that from young players, especially on offense, uh, primarily Bryce Young. Uh, good to see from Jonathan Mingo still does not rank among the top rookie wide receivers this season We'll see how he progresses over the next five weeks of the season. And maybe somebody the Carolina Panthers look at heading into the offseason with a new coaching staff that they can build around on offense. Uh, going over to the bad, uh, immediately blowing the lead. The Carolina Panthers, they held a lead for all of 10 seconds. Then they were in single high coverage. The Bucks ran the right call and beat it with a 75-yard touchdown from Mike Evans, a familiar scene. Now, this one was not over the top. It was a quick slant, and Evans was gone uh, off to the races. C.J. Henderson not able to catch up to him. Unfortunately, that happened. Looked like Troy Hill was lined up on him in that on that play as J.C. Horn was not out there. That was a lot. We did not see J.C. Horn to remember the game as he was on a pitch count. So, unfortunate that the big play of the day for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came with J.C. Horn out of the game because Carolina Panthers did not want to extend him. Uh, More on J.C. Horn and what to expect from him uh, heading into the rest of the season here momentarily. But yeah, not ideal. Your defense, I thought overall, once again, was good enough for this team to win. Uh, But they got to be able to play complimentary football to the point where the Panthers offense, okay, cool, finally, you did it. You went out there, you scored a touchdown, you got the lead. You got to make Tampa Bay work harder for it. You tip your cap to uh, Canales, the offense coordinator out there in Tampa, and be able to make 
it happened in that situation, calling the right call and all that, but still defensively, you would really like for them to make Tampa Bay work for it. But overall, the defense, as they have since coming out of the bye, they have done more than enough uh, for the most part to win these games if the offense was just even average, which it has not been so far this season. Another bad Brian Burns, man, uh, gets tossed from the game right after uh, an extra point. Not quite sure what went on uh, with him and Cody Malk, the rookie out of North Dakota State. And that was interesting, too. Uh, North Dakota State guys were out there starting uh, on Sunday. You look at Nash Jensen here in Carolina, Cody Malk, uh, the guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But he pretty much pushes him in the head, and they call it a punch in the NFL. It wasn't really a close fist punch, uh, but he pushed him in the head. That's a personal foul. He gets tossed from the game. You hate to see that from someone who's going to be one of your leaders, is one of your leaders on the team, uh, someone that I've touted as the best player uh, on this football team uh, here in Carolina right now. And Burns, he came out and he admitted that his emotions got the best of him. This is a guy that obviously wants to win. The Panthers have not been winning. Don't know what was said, uh, what was the lead-up to all of that. Chris Tabor did not provide uh, any more context to it. And Burns, I didn't really say too much aside from he's got to be better uh, following the game on Sunday. And Burns, not just with that, needs to be better, but on the field, he's got to be better. Only had one tackle uh, on Sunday. And that's the third time this season Brian Burns has played in a game where he only had one tackle. You look back to week one where he had seven tackles, five of them solo and two sacks, and just came out uh, like a gangbuster uh, to start up that game against the Falcons. That was his best game so far this season. And for someone who I have touted multiple times being the best player on the team and someone I have said the Carolina Panthers uh, don't really have much leverage when it comes to contract negotiations, he really has not had the season that I think people would have thought he was going to have based off of how he came out to start off the season against Atlanta. And that is disappointing. I know we missed one game because of a concussion. Brian Burns just has not been the consistent kind of game record the Carolina Panthers have needed this season, especially with the offense's inability to go out there and score points. No, it's not all on the defense, but you're going to have to find a way to get takeaways. And Brian Burns, you would think, if you're going to get takeaways, him getting pressure, getting a strip sack, which he was able to do on his first play this season, from him being able to force a bad throw by a quarterback, that has just not happened at the rate that you would expect from a player who wants to be paid $25 plus million annually. And a player who I believe has been deserving of it based off of his past performance and really the leverage he has here in Carolina. But based off of the season so far, it's kind of hard to hold that position. Brian Burns definitely needs to be better. I think he's a good player still, but just disappointed that Brian Burns has not consistently brought it like a guy like Derek Brown there in the interior defensive line who really hard to argue against him getting paid big bucks this offseason. That's the Carolina Panthers side uh, to do. Uh, third down offense also wasn't great. Combined four of 18 on third and fourth down uh, on Sunday. Honestly, it's pathetic. Three of 15 on third down, one of three on fourth down, of course, the one that ended the game. You look at the last two, third and fourth down, the two pat, the passing calls, that's really tough. That gets me to the ugly. Thomas Brown, overall, I really liked the mix of run and pass. It felt like they had a plan and identity of what they wanted to do, run the football more than they threw it. Loved it, but they should have ran the ball more. In particular, on third down or on fourth down, maybe even both. Chuba Hubbard runs the ball for five yards on first down, four on second down. Thomas Brown decides to take the ball out of Chuba Hubbard's hands, put it in Bryce Young's hands, and, well, Bryce is not able to convert on third down. Then on fourth down, you're thinking, okay, you didn't run the ball there on third down. Game's on the line here. Maybe you get the ball back. Maybe you don't. But if you're trying to win the game, 
have an opportunity, maybe hand the ball to the guy who has been excellent for you all day long, has been your offense in Chuba Hubbard, and he decided not to do that. I don't know what the look was that he got that he decided that that wasn't what they wanted to do. Maybe that was a plan all along. I don't know. But that's just one of the things that came on here yesterday and just was just sick to my stomach. Like, did not want to do the show because I was just so – I'm sick of watching – the play calling this poor, this bad of play calling. I'm just so sick of it that I just did not want to talk about the game. To sit there for a team that honestly gave great effort, had an opportunity to win, and to see it all thrown out because Thomas Brown doesn't understand when to hand the ball to the guy who's been his best player all day long. That is just, that's beyond frustrating and has me just ready to get this season over with and for him to not be here in Carolina anymore. Honestly, wishing the best of luck elsewhere. Hope he has a successful career in the NFL, but it just cannot be here in Carolina after what we saw on Sunday. So that is part of the ugly. And offensively, they weren't even great. 15 first downs, 4.1 yards per play. They ran 11 more plays than the Buccaneers and averaged less yards per play and had the same amount of first downs. Just not good enough. Hasn't been good enough all season long. That's why Frank Reich's not here, and that's why Thomas Brown in five weeks' time will no longer be here in Carolina either. And then one last thing. This is from CBS. Uh, they had mentioned at the start of the third of the fourth quarter, the Carolina Panthers in their uh, previous 51 games were one in uh, 50. Win trailing after three quarters, they now drop to one in 51 in the last 52 games. That is putrid, and that is a state of the David Tepper-owned Carolina Panthers. And fingers crossed, all the prayers in the world, that this gets remedied whenever they bring in a new head coach and find a way to fix what's been going on here over the last couple of seasons. So that's the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Panthers. 21-18 to 18 loss down in Tampa Bay on Sunday. Chris Tabor, he is now the interim head coach in Carolina. He looked back at the tape and had a few things he wanted to say, including it wasn't the same old movie on Sunday. Do you buy that? Because I have a hard time buying it based on what I saw to close out that game on Sunday afternoon. We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your receipt before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chris Tabor era did not get off to the start that he would have hoped and all of us would have hoped as the Carolina Panthers fell on the road to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-18 to on Sunday afternoon. The Panthers, honestly, came out, showed some fight, had an opportunity to win the football game, 
But in the end, we're let down by the play calling of a one Thomas Brown yet again. Now, a couple of key things come out of the game as Chris Tabor met with the media here in Charlotte on Monday. J.C. Horn was finally back, was activated off of IR. Uh, He was, you know... Uh, on the list to transition off of IR, eventually was activated to the active roster on Sunday along with Itor Gross Matos and Jeremy Chin. He played 35 of the 62 defensive snaps on Sunday and kind of just mysteriously just disappeared uh, off the field late there in the second half. And that was pointed out, especially on that touchdown uh, reception by Mike Evans. Where was J.C. Horn? We saw last year in that Week 17 matchup against Tampa Bay where Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson failed to be able to guard uh, Mike Evans, how J.C. Horn could have been the difference between the Carolina Panthers uh, being division champions. And as we saw in that game, not being division champions, uh, we'll, the world we will never know. Uh, but he seemed maybe he could have been a difference in the game yesterday had he not been on a pitch count. Now, Chris Tabor did confirm after the game on Sunday that J.C. Horn indeed was on a pitch count saying that, hey, he just came back from a significant significant injury. It, it was week 13. He hasn't played since week one, so it's been 12 weeks since he last played. Makes sense. <laughs> That's three months' time that J.C. Horn uh, has missed, so it does make a lot of sense that they would uh, try to ease him along. I do think, though, in a way, because you look at Austin Corbett, in, it can be different with the offensive line. You don't really see a lot of rotations from the offensive line uh, really ever especially in the NFL, but Austin Corbett, when he was ready to go, he was ready to go. With J.C. Horn, they decided, ah, let's not risk it. I don't know if that's because of his injury history, which it probably has played a factor in, or if they just wanted to get some other guys out there who they've seen throughout the season, like we saw Deshaun Jameson playing out there, Troy Hill getting plenty of reps. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the right decision, but it's interesting that he has spent the last two and a half weeks getting back into shape ready to go out there and play on Sunday. And one of the key plays of the game, he was not on the field because the Carolina Panthers want to have a pitch count. Maybe they should have found a way to spread that out across the entirety of the game and not just do it in the second half. Uh, Not sure. Maybe he came out of the field, kind of felt something, and decided, and he mentioned that to the training staff. That was never reported. I don't know. That's just speculation. Maybe that's not the best thing on my part. I'm just curious uh, because we just look at Corbett, came out, played every snap, and with J.C. Horn, wasn't out there when they really needed him. But Chris Tabor said, anticipate him playing quite a bit uh, moving forward. So expect J.C. Horn to be out there as a full participant starting on Sunday on the road in New Orleans. And a couple other things, too. Uh, he said that Sunday was not the same old movie as the team continued to fight after going down 11. And once they went down 11, I thought it was a wrap. I think a lot of you also who were out there watching the game on Sunday probably thought, okay, well, Carolina Panthers already scored one touchdown. That's pretty much their uh, quota for every week. No way they're going to be able to get another touchdown. And they were able to score another touchdown and convert to two-point conversion. And you kind of saw Bryce Young feeling himself. Possibly the happiest we've seen Bryce Young all season long, aside uh, from the walk-off win against Houston uh, a couple weeks ago, really more than a month ago. Um, but I was proud of the way they went out there and fought. Like, they're professionals. These guys are fighting for their jobs and, and their NFL lives. Because when a new coaching staff comes in, potentially a new front office, uh, all of them are going to be under review and at all times uh, in the NFL. There's other teams watching to see what these players are able to do and whether they're somebody that they want to pick up if they're available or try and trade for. They're all under review. And that's one of the things people talk about tanking. Players don't tank because players are trying to keep their jobs. And I appreciate the fight that they showed. uh, The coaching staff being able to get a game plan together. 
and to have this team competitive. And Chris Davis said the wheels uh, didn't come off the cart, and that it wasn't the same old movie that we've seen all season long. But here is where I disagree with that. While I do agree that they came out and they fought, that the wheels didn't come off the cart, that they did not give up once they were down by 11, they were undone by play calling. A week ago, we saw that with the fourth down call, which Bryce Young checked to, but why is that even a check? Uh, the fourth down call that cost him the game against Tennessee, even though never thought that they were going to go down the field and even score. Uh, but on Sunday, I kind of started to believe just a little bit, and I guess it's the hope that kills you, but that third and fourth down call just cannot get over it. Uh, Chris Tabor said he liked the third down call. It was play action, and maybe Bryce could have ran. Just didn't work out. Then on fourth down, they didn't use motion to clean the picture. Where have you heard that before? That's been the case all season long here uh, in Carolina. And he came out and just said, you know, if they would have converted, then you wouldn't be asking the question. Uh, doesn't have a problem with the play call. Okay, Chris, sure, if you convert, we wouldn't be asking the question. But the problem is you didn't convert. And the problem is that you ran the ball effectively all day long, that Chuba Hubbard got you in a situation where you were even in the game, but in particular there at third and one and fourth and one, and you didn't give him the ball. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And that is the frustration and why the question is being asked. And someone asked him, hey, how did you feel about your first game as the interim head coach? Like, well, we lost, and we're judged on wins and losses. Exactly. You're judged on wins and losses, and the play calling there on third and fourth down, now it's only two plays of the game. There's plenty of plays that happen, but that was one that it's a tough pill to swallow knowing that you had an opportunity to go out there and either tie the game, even win the game maybe at the end of that game on Sunday, and you didn't in large part because you got away from what worked all day long. So there we go. And he talks about Bryce Young as well, saying that he thinks the trials and tribulations of the season are helping Bryce Young mature faster than many think. Uh, maybe that's the case. He's taking a ton of losses, uh, more than a season's worth of losses, hopefully in the future. We will see. Uh, hopefully they can fix what's around Bryce Young, hire the right coaching staff. And yes, the experience, it can only help him, but it also could hurt him, maybe, because I guess it can only help him, but it could potentially hurt him if the Carolina Panthers continue to fail to protect Bryce Young, sack four times on Sunday, and if they do not put the weaponry around him for him to have success long-term here in Carolina and in the NFL. So that's what Chris Tabor had to say on Monday following the Panthers' 21-18 loss to Tampa Bay. The Panthers made a couple of roster moves on the Monday, and what's going on with Jeremy Chin? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if you or one of your loved ones got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medications that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Carolina Panthers made yet another roster move on Monday afternoon as the guard position has been a revolving door so far this season. They decided to waive offensive guard Brett Toth, who made his second career NFL start in his first start as a Panther a weekend ago against the Tennessee Titans. He was replaced this past weekend by Justin McCray and Nash Jensen, both those guys starting ahead of Toth and Cade Mays. Panthers so far this season have played seven different players at right guard and six players at left guard and is one of the major reasons why they have struggled mightily on the offensive line, in particular to protect up the middle uh, Bryce Young so far this season. So Brett Toth no longer here in Carolina. And it makes some sense. They brought Deontay Brown back last week to be on a practice squad to elevate Justin McCray. And you would think potentially, because he's been elevated three times uh, from the practice squad this season, that he might be signed to the active roster, especially if they consider him the starter uh, moving forward. Gabe Jackson, who they also signed uh, last week, has over 100 starts in the NFL he would make sense if somebody could step in there if they don't want to continue to play uh, McCray or Nash Jensen. Brett Toth got his opportunity, and the Carolina Panthers decided that it was time to move on from him. Again, seven different players at right guard, six at left guard. Ooh, it's tough. It is tough to win games at this level if that is going to be a reality. And that has been the reality for the Carolina Panthers this season. Not necessarily an excuse, but definitely a reason why the offensive line has not played up to the level that many had hoped heading into the 2023 season. Now, another player that we expected to be a big-time player for the Panthers was Jeremy Chitt. Uh, we were sold. Uh, that Jeremy Chin uh, moving close to the line of scrimmage, more in the nickel role, playmaking role, would be a bigger factor in this defense uh, than he has been. He was going to be a safety uh, coming out of college, but he started at linebacker uh, back when Phil Snow was here as the defensive coordinator uh, under Matt Rule. Then he moved to safety the past two seasons. Phil Snow saying he believed for longevity uh, in Chin's career he should be back there at safety. But then once Von Bell came in and with Xavier Woods, it was moving Jeremy Chin closer to the line of scrimmage. And so far this season, we have not seen Jeremy Chin have the kind of role that we all would have expected. And maybe if Shaq Thompson stays healthy, uh, that would have kept Chin on the field more. I don't know. But for whatever reason, Jero Vero has not really seen much use um, out of Jeremy Chin this season or use for Jeremy Chin. He played only seven snaps on Sunday, 22 snaps on special teams. And I did not think that in a 1-11 season, Jeremy Chin would become a core special teamer more than he would become a core player uh, within this defensive scheme. That is one thing that is definitely disappointing. I talked about this when he went on IR. Are we seeing the last of Jeremy Chin? Uh, back then, there was still uh, my overall thought was that Frank Reich would be back for a second year. But now that Frank Reich is not going to be back for a second year as he was fired last week. And Jero Vero, according to multiple reports, will be looking for a potential head coaching job elsewhere. And the fact that he has done a great job with his defense without the Jeremy Chins and without uh, the J.C. Horns, uh, he's got a pretty good case to be a head coach. We'll see if that happens. Uh, but he may not be back here next season in Carolina. Uh, does that allow the Panthers to bring back Jeremy Chin? Because looking at how he's been used in this defense this season – I uh, don't think he's a scheme fit for Jero Vero, but if it's someone else's defense, maybe they prioritize Jeremy Chin and want to bring him back. Either way, he's set to hit free agency. Uh, would be interested to we'll see what his market is, and if he would have been healthy at the trade deadline, he may already be gone from Carolina. But they got to find a way 
to play Jeremy Chin more than seven snaps on defense. He has to have a bigger value on this team than Alex Cook, than Deshaun Jameson, and some of the other guys that have had to step in there uh, this season. You, you cannot tell me that T.J. Henderson is a more valuable player than Jeremy Chin, who we have seen be a great asset to the Carolina Panthers defense since he stepped foot here in Carolina uh, back in 2020. So we'll see how that works out. Just something interesting when looking at the snap count, because I remember watching the game on Sunday, and as brutal as it was to watch the Panthers game until it got a little bit exciting there in the second half, I just I don't remember seeing him out there. And I, I know he had to have played, but I did not see Jeremy Chin out there making an impact, and it's just weird that that has been the reality of his season and the season here in Carolina this year. Uh, definitely something to look out for moving forward in the final five weeks of the season. Uh, will he play a bigger role, or will he just be reduced as a core special teamer for the Carolina Panthers? Uh, that remains to be seen. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where tomorrow I'll be back for the weekly Wednesday mailbag, either at me or DM me to get your questions in to me now i've been in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and i'll talk to y'all on wednesday if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft if you want to know who your favorite nfl team should be adding to its roster you need to check out locked on nfl scouting available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.